0: So this is our second week of our worship series. Last week, we talked about worship being this encounter with the Holy God, that, that when we come to worship, we are encountering the God that created everything, the God that created us. And, and it, that's a huge thing. And so, so here we are in the second week, and this week we're going to talk about transformation. Um, because it's not just that we come into the presence of God, but God is doing something when we come together. And, and so last week, the first thing we looked at is that worship is first and foremost an encounter with God, that when we come together, God is always with you. I don't know if you're aware of that, but the Holy Spirit, if you've accepted Christ, then the Almighty God lives in you through His Spirit. And so God is always with you. But when we come together on Sunday morning, when we come together as a church to worship, we have the opportunity to, to be in the presence of God together and there's just something special that happens here. So so I don't I don't know why you came this morning. I don't, I don't know what's going on in your life, but I know this. You are here and you are here to encounter God. God is with us and God wants us to have this encounter this morning. So we looked at two passages um, last week, and, and one of them was in Revelation chapter 4, and it was this scene. You may remember it if you weren't here. It was this scene um, that John had this revelation from God. It was a scene of, of the throne of God in heaven, and it was this incredible thing where, where there's just constant worship, and, and there's these different creatures and beings, and there's 24 thrones, and the, the leaders of the people are gathered around the throne of god and it says that they're just singing holy 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 is the lord god almighty and and so we see this picture of worship and then we looked into isaiah chapter 6 and isaiah chapter 6 is one of my favorite um text or or passages in scripture when i was in high school i was on the impact team in the tennessee district and so the impact team was a group of people from the different nazarene churches a group of teenagers And we would come together and we would practice and then throughout the year, once a month or every other month, we would get together and we would go to a different church and we would sing and and do a big choir thing. And it was really cool. And my favorite song from that impact team started with this scripture in Isaiah chapter 6. And it talked about this moment where we come before the throne and then we had this powerful song where we sang, we sang some of them last week, where we sang, holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty. And it was just this this awesome moment. So today I want us to jump back into Isaiah chapter 6. And so just read with me along on the screen. It says in verse 1, it says, in the year that King Uzziah died, I saw the Lord high and exalted, seated on a throne. And the train of his robe filled the temple, and above him were seraphim, each with six wings. With two wings they covered their faces, with two they covered their feet, and with two they were flying, and they were calling to one another, Holy, Holy, Holy is the Lord Almighty. The whole earth is full of his glory. And at the sound of their voices, the doorposts and thresholds shook, and the temple was filled with smoke. Have any of you ever had one of these moments where it just seemed like the glory of God was there? And I mean, maybe you didn't see creatures with six wings, and maybe you didn't see a temple full of smoke. But have any of you ever had one of those moments where it was just like, wow, God is here? I hope you have. If you haven't, I hope you start having them regularly. And so in in Isaiah 6, Isaiah has this vision of of the throne of God, of worship, and, and can, can you imagine this? Isaiah goes from normal like we just walked into church this morning. You got stuff going on in your lives. You got stuff you're thinking about, and, and Isaiah all of a sudden goes from that normal place to this vision of the Almighty God, and this temple that's shaking, and, and smoke is filling it, and there's these creatures. I mean. This is crazy. All of a sudden, Isaiah is in the presence of the Almighty God. And when that happens, things tend to just melt away. When we come into the presence of God and truly worship, everything else becomes secondary. And I honestly, last week I thought was a wonderful time of worship together. Thank you for being a part of and participating in worship. I felt um, a spirit in here that, that I just thought was awesome. It, it was similar to what I feel like this moment was. See, in these moments of worship, we are drawn to God's glory. So, so I don't know if you've ever had this happen, but sometimes I'm in the middle of my day, I'm, I'm driving around, and something will happen, and all of a sudden, I will be drawn to God, and I will just have a moment in my car, maybe in my living room, wherever, where I just, everything else melts away, and I experience God's glory. It's such an incredible feeling. So, see, worship is not just an encounter with God. Worship is all about God. And when we get we're going in our regular lives. Sometimes we forget that. Sometimes we can come in on a Sunday morning and, and worship can just be happening. But we miss the Almighty God and we miss the fact that we are here for God. This isn't just a, a box that we check off. We are here to experience God. And so I hope you've had these encounters. That They're so important It's so important for the people of God to to be in the presence of God and to have these moments where they just, everything else melts away and they experience God new and fresh. If we're going to be the church and the people that God created us to be, we have to have worship that is all about God. And so I said this a minute ago, but, but God is the initiator of this worship. We can do all we want. We can create the right atmosphere. We can sing the right songs. We can do everything we want. And we can't create this worship moment because it's not about us or what we're doing. It's about who God is. And so we can sing songs and say things that maybe will draw an emotional response out of you. But that's not what real worship is. Real worship is coming into the presence of the Almighty God. And so God is the initiator in worship. And I've got good news for you today. God wants you to have an encounter and experience worship new today. That's God's desire. God is a God that that wants us to worship rightly wants us to experience him. And we talked a little bit last week about about the curtain being torn and the fact that we have access to the throne of God. And so here we see Isaiah, everything's normal, everything's fine, and all of a sudden, boom, he's at the throne of God. He's He's in the presence of God. He's having this moment, this vision, and it's great. But then there's a problem. Something happens. And this happens, I'm going to be honest with you, this happens to me sometimes, where I have this moment where I'm drawn from normal, everyday stuff's filling my mind to this moment where I'm in the presence of God, I'm at the throne of God, and it's incredible and everything else seems to melt away. But but it seems like when I have these moments, often I have the same problem that Isaiah has. And so in verse 5... He says this, he says, Woe to me, I cried, for I am ruined, for I am a man of unclean lips, and I live among a people of unclean lips, and my eyes have seen the King, the Lord Almighty." And so I told you, this happens to me. Sometimes I'm going about my regular day, and then God breaks in and draws me into this moment of worship, and here I am at the throne, worshiping the holy God, but then there comes this realization within me. I don't know if you had this this week. I don't know if you had it last Sunday. I don't know if you've ever had this happen, but I'm worshiping God. I'm in the presence of the almighty God, and all of a sudden, I start to think, man, I've been a pretty pretty bad person this last week. Man, I don't belong in the presence of God. I'm not good enough. I have failed. I I haven't lived up to this holiness of God in my life. Have you ever had that happen? And all of a sudden there's this feeling that Isaiah has that I'm ruined. I can't be here, I'm, I'm not worthy, I don't belong because I have unclean lips and I'm a part of a people with unclean lips. Let me tell you a little bit about the background of Isaiah chapter 6 here. See those first few words, we, we typically read them and we think, okay, in the year that King Uzziah died, that tells us when it is. But those words are really important words to understand what's happening in the scripture because The year that King Uzziah died was a huge year for Isaiah and the other people. See, King Uzziah was a great king. He ruled for 52 years and was a man of God and and lived righteously and and everything was good and they were experiencing a time of blessing and, and everything was great. But then we come to the year that King Uzziah died and you know what happened that year? The great King Uzziah, have you ever just looked up to someone and thought, that person is so right, they're so holy, they're so so spiritual. That's where King Uzziah was. But what happened in that year that King Uzziah died is, is the great King Uzziah ended up falling short. Ended up being selfish and sinning before God. And we hear these things all the time. If, if you're connected to social media or wherever, you, we hear this all the time where we've got these great preachers that we look up to and we think, oh man, they're just the closest thing that there is to holiness and they're great. They're, they're so perfect. And then they, they mess up and they fall short and they sin. And and so, when this says, in the year that King Uzziah died, we need to understand that Isaiah came into this moment with a heaviness in his heart. He came into this moment where everything had been great, they had been doing what they should be doing, and all of a sudden, in the year that King Uzziah died, they were broken, they were hurting, they realized that they weren't perfect, they realized that they were flawed. And so Isaiah doesn't come into this vision of the throne of God in this great place where everything's perfect, but he comes in a broken man. In fact, it says here, I am a man of unclean lips, and I live amongst a people of unclean lips. So what Isaiah is saying right here is that when he enters into the presence of God, he quickly realizes that he doesn't belong, he's not worthy, he shouldn't be there. See, when we see the glory of God, when we see the holiness of God, it pretty quickly shows us the areas that we fall short of God's glory and God's holiness. We, I, one of my favorite stories is my family, when uh, this was a long time ago, this was probably, I don't know, 15, 16 years ago. In my family, we were going to go to the boathouse, the Montgomery boat boathouse. How many of you love the Montgomery boat boathouse? All right, all right, so I know who has good taste and who doesn't, or who's just being lazy and not raising their hand. So so we went to the boathouse, and the boathouse is like, I mean, you can go to the boathouse on like a Monday night, and it's not full, and it's not a big deal, but if you go to the boathouse on like a Friday or a Saturday night, like it's, it's happening, there's people there, they're dressed up. It's, it's a great restaurant, it's a fancy place. And so my family, we all got dressed up and we got our nice clothes on. Here's my white shirt. I wore this shirt and my engagement pictures. It's pretty old, but it's this nice white shirt. I don't know if I was wearing it that night, but I had my nice white shirt on and I was with my family and we're all dressed up really nice. And uh, one of my family members, I'm not gonna tell you who, It was a brother-in-law. I'm not going to tell you which one. not going to tell you which one. But we decided as we waited, because it was packed, and all these people are waiting to get into this fancy restaurant, and we're wearing our nice clothes, and we found this little uh, path, little stairs, that led down to the river. So we had this long wait. We're waiting to get into the fancy restaurant in our fancy clothes, and we see this path. And so what do you do when you see a path that leads to a river? You walk down it. And so we all went down this path. We got down to the, the base of the river there, and here the river's going by. And my family member, my brother-in-law, I'm not telling you which one, he started grabbing rocks. And he started throwing them and skipping them. And so we're all grabbing rocks, and we're skipping rocks. We're in our nice clothes. We're getting ready to go into the fancy place. This, this I'm not going to say Montgomery is a holy place, but it's a, it's a great place. It's a fancy nice place and we're skipping rocks and there's this slab of concrete that's, that's flat and it's kind of laying there and about half of it is in the water and then half of it is out and so we're standing on the dry part of the slab of concrete and we're skipping rocks in our nice clothes and all of a sudden my family member my brother-in-law who i won't tell you who it is steps a little bit too far and his feet slip out from under him and what he does is he slides into the river now you guys have seen the river right it does not look like this it is not white and clean and pure and so all of a sudden we're waiting to go in this fancy beautiful place we're in our nice clothes but all of a sudden my brother-in-law's clothes are not fancy and are not nice the truth of the matter is we were all created to be in the presence of God. We were all created to be holy and right. But just as we went down and we're waiting for this moment and we're skipping rocks and my brother-in-law falls in, just as he all of a sudden went from being clean to not clean at all, we all in our lives fall short. And we blow it. And we get our nice, clean engagement shirt. That's a lot of ink. Not worthy of being in a fancy, nice place. And, and, and all of a sudden, we're in a place where we don't belong. Man, if, if you wore this into the boathouse on a Friday night when everybody's there, you're not going to belong And so we all have this this problem that when we come into the presence of the almighty holy God, we're broken. We're not good enough. I don't know about you, but my life looks a lot more like this than that perfectly pure white shirt that was here a little bit ago. Sometimes I fall short and sometimes... I end up stained and I'm not worthy to be in this moment in the presence of God. And so, Isaiah has a problem. Here he is standing at the throne of God and right in front of the holy, almighty God and these these creatures with six wings are flying around saying, holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty. And Isaiah realizes that he's a mess and that he doesn't belong. We were in staff meeting a few weeks ago. I, I got to share this. And I asked the staff members um, who one of their biggest mentors or influences is. And, and one of them said that it was my dad. My, listen, let me tell you about my dad. I don't think I've ever heard my dad say something mean about another person. Can any of you say that's true of you too? I'm putting my hand down. I don't think I've ever seeing my dad say something mean about another person. I feel like in almost every situation that's ever happened, I can say my dad was right in the way that he did that. He was, he was pure in the way that in his intentions and in the way he treated people. He was a great guy. He would even, he would even write letters to his mom from church camp every day. <laughs> that's nerdy, right? <laughs> So see, right there, I just disqualified myself from being what my dad was. And so it's funny because, and, and this, this wasn't the intention, but, but when I hear about, you know, what a great holy person my father was, and when I think about the fact that he was the pastor here for 15 years, i got to be honest with you, I feel kind of dirty. I feel kind of unworthy. Usually, the presence of the almighty, holy God. It's great to be in the presence of God, but it doesn't take us long to realize that we're not worthy. But what happens next is really cool. I got some good news for you. If you're here this morning and you're thinking, I'm not worthy for the presence of God. If you're thinking, I'm dirty, I don't fit, I'm not clean enough, I've got good news for you. Let's look at what happens next in verse 6. It says, then one of the seraphim flew to me. So he's just said, woe is me. I'm a man of unclean lips. I don't belong here. Then one of the seraphim flew to me with a live coal in his hand, which he had taken from tong- with tongs from the altar. With it, he touched my mouth and said, see, This has touched your lips. Your guilt is taken away, and your sin is atoned for. Then I heard the voice of the Lord saying, Whom shall I send, and who will go for us? And I said, Here I am, Lord. Send me. So Isaiah comes into this place broken, a mess. Isaiah comes in, and he's not worthy to be in the presence of God. And at first it's great because he's seeing the presence of God, and it's amazing, but all of a sudden... He's not good enough. He realizes his own unholiness and he says, I'm ruined. But then we see God's response. See, there are a few ways that God could respond to our unholiness. Number one, God could say, You don't belong here, get out. You don't belong here, you're not worthy, you're dirty, you're unclean, get out. God could do that. We deserve that. We're not good enough to be in the presence of God. So that's one option. The second option is this. God could say, okay, you can stick around. Just don't, you know, just don't get your dirtiness all over everyone else. You can stay here, and you can stay impure and unclean. But what we see in the response from God is this. God doesn't say, you're done, you don't belong. God doesn't say, you can stay and just be unclean. God says, you're not worthy, but I'm going to make you worthy. I'm going to make you worthy. Because God... Is The holy God is by nature a God of transformation and redemption. This is who our God is that we came to worship today. God is not a God that's sitting up there waiting for you to get dirty so he can cast you out. God is not a God who's going to say, okay, stick around in my presence, but just stay off to the side and stay unclean. God is a God who sees your uncleanliness and wants to make you right, wants to redeem you. The good news today is this, if you are in the sanctuary and you're anything like me, you're not worthy. But the good news is this, that God is a God of redeeming and reconciling. And God is for us being holy and being in his presence. And so God wants to change you. God wants to make you pure and right today. See, when we worship God, first and foremost, it's an encounter with God. But when we worship God together, there's another thing that's happening, and that's that God, in turn, is transforming our hearts and minds. See, we have the Holy Spirit at work in us. And the Holy Spirit that God has given us works in our lives so that when we come and we encounter the Holy God, it's not just us seeing how great God is and being terrible beings. It's us coming into the presence of God and being transformed by God as the Spirit works in us. Good news. You're not good enough, but God is making you pure. God is making you holy. And so we encounter God. And in worship, God is the focal point. It's all about God. But in the process, God transforms us and changes us. This brings me to an important point. See, oftentimes, we view holiness, we view purity in light of our own personal circumstances. If I'm not right, if I'm impure then I need to go hide away in a closet somewhere and I need to pray and I need to get right. And we view everything from a, our, our, our society and our culture tends to view everything from an individualistic place that this is all about my personal holiness. But what we see in scripture is that when you accept Christ and become a follower of Christ, it's not about your individual holiness. You become a part of the body of Christ. You become a part of the bride of Christ. And you become a part of a group of people that is being made holy. And see, if it's all about you and your individual self, then coming together with the church isn't that important. But God's design is that we will come together, that we will encounter the holy God, and that we will be transformed. There's something bigger going on right now than just God working in your individual life. God is working to make us all whole and right. Let's look at Revelation 19. So we were at Revelation 4 last week. I want to look at Revelation 19 verse 6. It says, then I heard what sounded like a great multitude, like the roar of a rushing waters, and like loud peals of thunder, shouting hallelujah, for the Lord God Almighty reigns. Let us rejoice and be glad and give him glory, for the wedding of the Lamb has come. Now, if you read through Scripture, you're going to see that the bride of Christ is the church. And so the wedding of the Lamb has come, and it says, And his bride has made herself ready. Fine linen, bright and clean, was given her to wear. And fine linen stands for the righteous acts of God's holy people. So I want you to get this picture. We got the holy God on the throne. We got the, the, the creatures all around singing holy, holy, holy. And we got people who are unworthy and unclean and unfit and don't belong. But God is transforming. God is changing us. God is making us into something. And as we come together and worship, we, the bride of Christ, are being purified for the day that will come when the, the wedding of the Lamb and the bride of Christ come together, and we are called to be holy. So I got good news for you. God makes us clean. God can take what's impure and not holy and not right and not worthy, and God can make it worthy. And that's what God's here to do today, is to change us, to transform us, to make us pure again. It's not just about one of us. It's not just about the worst one of us. This is about the people of God, the bride of Christ, coming together to encounter a holy God whose spirit is at work to purify us. And make us what we were created to be. So that we can be ready for the wedding of the Lamb. We are called to be transformed together today. We are called to worship today. To be in the presence of the Almighty God today. So what does that transformation look like? I've got three things. Number one, repentance. I told you that when we come into the presence of God, we are not worthy. And some of, you, some of you absolutely know in this moment that you are not worthy to be in the presence of God. None of us are worthy of being in the presence of the almighty, holy, and pure God. And I'm just going to guess that maybe there's some stuff in each of your lives that's keeping you from being pure and holy. And so one of the things that happens in worship is repentance. It's when we realize the gap between the holiness of God and our unrighteousness and we call out to God like Isaiah did and say, I'm ruined. Help me. Save me. We are called to be pure. And so in worship, we repent of our impurities. The second thing is reconciliation. Reconciliation is when we are made right together. I'll never forget, I talked about the impact team, and one time we went to a church in Clarksville, Tennessee, and we started our service, and all of a sudden, it was this moment in Isaiah six, it was this moment in Revelation four where the Spirit of God showed up and incredible things were happening, and you know what started happening in the church? People that had been angry with each other for years and years started standing up and walking over and hugging each other. And you know what else happened? People that were living sinful lives and totally impure lives started coming up to the altar and God started transforming lives right there because worship brings repentance and forgiveness and, 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 a, and healing, but worship also brings reconciliation to where we are made right together because it's not just about me and me doing the right things or not doing the wrong things. It's about me being a part of God's people. See, holiness is relational, not individual. And so it's about us being reconciled together. And so when you come before the throne of God and you worship, God is going to transform you and the things in your life that don't honor God are going to be changed and healed and redeemed. So there's repentance, there's reconciliation, and then the third thing is unity, that as we worship together, the bride of Christ becomes one with God and with each other. And, and I just think way too often the church lacks unity. We don't agree on something. We don't like the way someone else is doing something, and so we're at odds with each other. But when we come before the holy, almighty God, and we experience God's presence, God, changes us and brings us together. And you know what this world needs? More than the right president or the right leadership or the right laws. This world needs the bride of Christ to be one together and to reflect the glory of God every single day. And so we're going to have the band come on up. And I want the ushers to go ahead and come up. We're going to take our offering now. But this is what I want you to do during this offering time, during this song, I want you to be in a a place of prayer. And I want you, as you hear these words and as, as the plates pass by, I want you to be readying your heart for God to transform you, to take your brokenness and your dirtiness and your unworthiness and to make you pure. And so in this time, I just want you, for one song, to be focusing your heart in prayer, saying, Lord, I want to make myself available to you. I want to open my heart and my life to you. And and I want you to ask that God would come and change you. Father, we love you today. Lord, I thank you so much that in your holiness and your almighty and your worth and your worthiness and everything, the glory of you, Lord, that that you don't cast us out because we're not good enough. Lord, I thank you that you're a God of transformation. I thank you that you're a God of redemption and that the things that make me totally unworthy to be here today, you want to change. So help us to submit ourselves to you now in Jesus' name. Amen.